0: Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for continuing to show us your goodness. Even as we look around this room and in our world, thank you for your love in the name of Jesus. Amen. This past Tuesday morning, a man with a cane was crossing the street at the intersection just up the road. Walking beside him was a medium-sized dog wearing a medium-sized harness that on the side read service dog. And as the dog and the man crossed in front of my bike and I kind of watched them go across, I noticed that the dog was missing its entire right hind leg. A three-legged man and a three-legged dog. And it was sweet. The beauty of what might, we, we might be tempted to call it imperfection, But it's not imperfect. In fact, someone might even go so far as to say that it was like the face of God. So, when we bridge the stories of Jacob and Joseph, it's striking just how human their stories are. But then how God makes them and us more than we could ever be on our own. God meets us in our imperfection and keeps making good on a promise that God made a long time ago to keep shaping us into a new creation. In our distress, God is near. And then this happened. In Genesis 35, God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and settle there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were there with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you, and purify yourselves, and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, that I may make an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I've gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak that was near Shechem. That happened. But there was a lot that happened before that moment, that turning point. I mean, all these Jacob stories seem to be this turning point after turning point in the history of the people of God, but there's stuff that happens before that. And some of it had to do with Jacob and wrestling. You remember that? Lots of wrestling. I've been reading Jonathan Sachs a lot lately. He's the chief rabbi of Great Britain. And he's written all this great stuff on Genesis. And one of the things he says is that the story of Jacob wrestling God is the story of all the people of Israel and eventually all the people of God. That's the story. Because Jacob, you know, his name is changed to Israel, and you know what Israel means? One who strives with God. You ever striven with God? You ever strive with God right now in your own life? You ever look around the world and say, all right, God, I want to believe, and I do believe, and I'm not going to stop believing, but what about this? That's striving with God. Because it's not just today. You go back to these stories. Jacob and Esau and all these people because as all of this stuff happens even in the presence of God Rachel dies in childbirth and Isaac dies and is gathered to his people and once again there are two brothers who don't get along and then they are reconciled that sound familiar? That's not a story from back then. It is a story from back then, but it's a story from now as well. Because these brothers who don't get along and then they reconcile and then they part again. And Esau moves to Edom, a people who will later take way too much pride in their land and start putting more faith in God than in themselves. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that the story of the people of God from generation to generation? You've got a group of people who suddenly just, oh, I believe in God, and they're all united together, and everybody believes in God for a while, and then you kind of just start going through the motions, and you get complacent, and it's like, well, do you all want to go to church again today? We went last week. You know, it's just keep going through the motions, and then things just kind of seem to go dormant. And then you have this next generation that rises up, and it's like, oh, let's re-engage with God. And they do. And then it kind of goes dormant again. And then as soon as the story of Jacob starts to kind of come to an end, we meet Joseph, who not only does not get along with one of his brothers, it's like if the Isaac and Ishmael stuff is difficult, and if the Jacob and Esau stuff is really difficult, wait till you meet Joseph, because he doesn't just get, not get along with one of his brothers, he doesn't get along with any of them, and it gets to the point where they just come to despise him, and all kind of bad stuff happens. Conflict is what bridges the stories of Jacob and Joseph. Conflict. Joseph wears his coat, and his brothers wear their resentment. It kind of seems to be their family tradition. And some days, we're all still wrestling with God. Who are these people? Well, they are people who strive with God. But a few chapters earlier, and this is why I said a minute ago after we read that, you know, that moment where Jacob says, all right, let's go somewhere else. All these foreign gods, all your figurines that are decorating the mantel place, time to throw them away. Take away the, the earrings that represent how much you like all the stuff on the top of the fireplace Throw all that away, let's go somewhere else. Before that happens, a few chapters earlier, just after the wrestling match, something astonishing happens. For those of you who've been reading the Bible for a while, when I say Jacob and Esau, what comes to mind? Probably a lot of conflict. And that's what makes this so astonishing. Esau runs to Jacob. And you know what happens? They embrace. And as Jonathan Sachs put it about this story, Esau is quick to anger, but he is equally quick to forget. And then this happens. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please. If I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand. For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Since you have received me with such favor, Please accept my gift that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have everything I want. So he urged him and he took it. Jacob gives Esau a gift. Seeing you is like seeing the face of God. This doesn't sound like a story that's been rooted in conflict. And it's especially impressive considering that Jacob has spent some difficult time with God himself. All that wrestling. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. I wonder what it would do to us as a church if we took this approach for the next few years. I wonder what kind of people we could become if we focused not on greeting one another with how are you's because we're conditioned to do that, right? You see each other, you hadn't seen each other for a few days, what do you say? How are you? That's just what we do. What if we were able to actually change that language, stop using that language, and just started greeting one another with, you know, seeing you is like seeing the face of God. Can you imagine how visitors would react? If, you know, they walk in. You know, hello, my name's so-and-so. Hmm, seeing you is like seeing the face of God. Who are these people? Maybe it would be... The ability to actually see each other as God's good work of creation. Faces of God's goodness. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. All his life, it seems that Jacob was trying to be Esau. You know what I mean by that? Trying to take from Esau what Jacob wanted for himself. If he'd lived during Teddy Roosevelt's time, Maybe he could have heard Teddy say, one of my very favorite quotes of all, comparison is the thief of joy. So maybe later what Jacob does here in the story, when he and his brother embrace, maybe he's somehow trying to give back to Esau what he took, his blessing. Maybe he grew up. Maybe he finally realized that the kingdom was big enough for the both of them. Them and so many others. (coughs) Haven't we learned that lesson yet? With all of our Bible knowledge? There are a lot of people in here with a whole lot of Bible knowledge. But what good is all of our Bible knowledge if we can't look at one another and realize that the kingdom is plenty big enough for all of us. That the kingdom is big enough to fit all of us. Everyone is offered the invitation to come to the banquet, come to the table, come to the blessing. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. When I was in school, I studied with Fleming Rutledge. Isn't that a great preacher name? Fleming Rutledge. She was the first woman ever ordained in the Episcopal Church. And she was quite a presence. She wrote a book that many of us used while we were cutting our preaching teeth called "The Bible and the New York Times. It was borrowed from one of Carl Bart's sayings long before any of us started preaching. That said, every preacher should have the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And so that's why she called her book The Bible and the New York Times. So last night I read the New York Times. And this story is from the New York Times yesterday. An African Methodist pastor dressed in a dark suit in white clerical collar greeted a conservative rabbi wearing a black overcoat in the lobby of a downtown hotel on Friday morning. They spread their arms wide and embraced At length, the rabbi patting the pastor rhythmically on the back as the pastor drew him close. Words were not necessary. The two men had never met, but for a week they have been bound by the unspeakable grief of two unconscionable desecrations. Pastor was the Reverend Eric Manning, who leads Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina, where nine parishioners were shot to death in a racist attack during a Wednesday night Bible study on June 17, 2015. The rabbi was Jeffrey Myers of the Tree of Life congregation in Pittsburgh where 11 worshipers were gunned down during Shabbat services last Saturday. And then I read that the doctors are Jewish who treated the shooter. And I want to go find those doctors I want to look them in the eye, and I want to tell them face to face. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Amen. And I read this just last night from the Week. I don't typically read the New York Times on Saturday night. I read the Week, and this was in there. After a gunman murdered 11 people at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue, the director of a local mosque was determined that the victim's families wouldn't shoulder the funeral costs alone. Wasi Muhammad arranged an online fundraiser which quickly shattered its $25,000 target bringing more than $214,000. When interviewed, the director of the mosque said, whatever the community needs, we'll be there for them. If it's walking to the grocery store, we'll be there to support them. I want to go find him, and I want to tell him too. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. And I want to tell you today the same exact thing. Because what we have here in this room among these people is worth sharing, it's a gift worth sharing. And that's why I can say with a completely straight face, seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. You are one of the reasons we know the Lord, you and all the saints who've gone before us, because it's not the big things. We think it is, but it's not. It's two brothers hugging. It's walking to the grocery store. It's crossing the street at an everyday intersection. Harry Esau and gentle Jacob. Leah with her eyes and Rachel with her grace. Abraham and Sarah and even Ishmael and Isaac. Birthed out of these ancient stories of Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Rebekah and Leah and Rachel comes the Jewish rabbinical teaching of Ticamalon. You ever heard that one? Translated, it means that we, as the people of God, have a mission to, quote, repair the world. To repair the world. So there was this man last week who I saw walking his three-legged dog who unbeknownst to him wound up featured prominently in a sermon about how the kingdom of the Lord is about a kingdom who like the universe itself is ever expanding and plenty big enough for all of us. Because if you meet a man with a cane this week walking a three-legged dog, perhaps you might go up to him and tell him what we are sharing right now as the people of the kingdom. And feel free to invite him to be a part of our family. And feel free to tell him what we are still learning to tell one another. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. And that will repair the whole world. Amen.